play ball! Hi, and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. We hope that you're doing well wherever you are and that this podcast provides a respite from anything you may be dealing with related to the coronavirus. We're going to do something a little different today, a history-themed show. It's the 10th anniversary of Roy Halladay's perfect game on Friday the 29th, so I thought this would be a good way to talk about the role defense and other factors play in no-hitters in perfect games. On today's show, we talk to an expert on the subject, Dirk Lammers. Dirk is a writer. He's written a book, No Hit Wonders, that was published in 2016 and also contributed to the Sabre book, No Hitters. These are two of the definitive works on the topic. Additionally, Dirk maintains nonohitters.com, which keeps tallies, first on the Mets, now on the Padres, keeping track of how many games each team has played without a no-hitter. Dirk has all sorts of anecdotes and fun stats. He knows Negro League no-hitters, Korean League, Japanese League, you name it. Dirk, first of all, how you doing? Where are you talking to us from? Great. I'm uh, here from my home in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thanks for having me, Mark. All right. So what's the most interesting thing that you've done during the pandemic? Whew. Uh, you know, uh, it's been very mellow. We haven't done much. Uh, we've enjoyed some meals on the deck. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's getting out for us. So, uh, yeah, not, uh, I'm afraid I can't talk about any kind of mountain climbing or anything like that at this point. We've gone for walks with our dog. There, there's our outings. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, have you done any no hitter, uh, digging up or, or recollections or anything of that sort? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll do some, some of the history, some of the anniversary posts, you know, of course, June 1st is coming up. So we have to acknowledge that in, uh, you know, entry as Mets fans. So that'll go out. Uh, but yeah, um, I haven't, haven't had a chance to watch any KBO games yet. So, but I do, I did make sure my Korean, uh, no hitter site was up to date. So, all right. So this is going to be really cool. First of all, first of all, why do you like no hitters so much and give us an idea of just how much research you've done? Well, probably goes back. My dad um, was a huge Mets fan. That's hence I'm a huge Mets fan. And he was, uh, you know, decided in 69 to go to uh, see the team that would go to the world series and wound up seeing Bob Moose of the pirates, no hit the Mets. So, uh, you know, he, he, he had eight millimeter film footage of the game, not great stuff, but just a little to show he was there. Uh, and, and, I guess he was so excited about it. And as a very young kid, I didn't understand why he enjoyed seeing the Mets get beat and have no hits. Uh, but I started to appreciate the feat um, and why he was so excited to have seen it. Um, and then, you know, the Mets not having a no hitter, I kind of started becoming obsessed uh, with this topic through the, you know, the David Cohn misses, the, the Doc Gooden misses, Deron, you know, everybody, all these great pitchers that should have, of course, Seavers, um, that should have had a no hitter that never were able to accomplish it. So it kind of, kind of morphed into that. And I, I think what I love about it is it's so random. You know, I, I, I love uh, any baseball fan loves stats. Uh, but, and you know, I've, I've tried to enumerate no hitters the best I can through stats and it's just nearly impossible. It's just so <laughs> random, you know, Bud Smith has one Homer Bailey has two Roger Clemens has none, you know, try to explain that. With, with or without stats, it just doesn't make any sense. How, how much research have you done? You know, I've, I've, you know, I'm a lifelong newspapers.com subscriber probably when this is said and done. You know, I've, I've, I've saved about every newspaper clipping I can. I've watched every video clip I can. Um, 
you know, for both the no hitters and the unofficial ones, you know, the 51 or so that got taken off the books. Um, for the book, I interviewed a dozen, dozens of pitchers and other, you know, people like Faye Vincent and, you know, catchers and stuff to try to, to kind of get their perspective in it. Um, I've, I, you know, I've tried to expand no, no hitters.com to include international no hitters best as possible. Um, I, I've, I've compiled, I think the only known list of spring training no hitters, which was, I took an entire off season and I'm still adding to it every once in a while. Um, because they're so poorly documented, but you know, the Mets had one in 65. So I felt the need to, to follow through with that. Uh, so. <laughs> so one no hitter led to you looking for hundreds. Yes. Yeah. I found about 30 something. I think I'm up to, I don't remember the exact number. It's 30, 30 something. I'm sure there are more, but, uh, you know, it's, they're hard to enumerate. Um, all right. So do you have a, do you take the Mets one out of the mix? Take Johan Santana out of the mix. Do you have a favorite no hitter? Well, probably um, Harvey Haddix's, it's not a no hitter, but Harvey Haddix's, you know, perfect 12 innings, uh, just an amazing feat. Um, I like the, the footnote that the game ended on a walk-off home run. That's not considered a home run. It's a double because of Hank Aaron just walking off. Uh, <laughs> walking the off the field. Field. Yeah, exactly. A real walk-off, I guess. So yep. I, I love that. And, and also, um, you know, just because I've gotten into the whole Padres theme taken over from the Mets of never having a no-hitter, um, you know, I've watched uh, a lot of the Pedro Martinez game against the Pir- Pirates. I love the the guys that I mean, Pedro threw a perfect game and is not credited for. You know, I, I, I have a, a soft spot for, for those guys. Um, but perhaps one of my favorites, and this is a very odd one, it's, it's a Miami Marlins one. You know, Henderson Alvarez finished the 2013 season and so it's tied in the bottom of the ninth. He's in the on-deck circle watching a game in which he's completed nine innings and no-hitter, and his only options are either jumping up and celebrating or leaving the on-deck circle and getting ready to pitch the 10th or, or give the ball in relief. Um, that's just such an odd baseball thing that um, I, I love those, those weird stories of, like, <laughs> this has never happened before. Walk-off wild pitch, of course, ended that yes. one. Right. Okay. So you had that. And then the, to, to go back to the Haddocks one, uh, the batter hits the home run and winds up passing Hank Aaron on the bases just to fully explain the story because Hank Aaron kind of gave up on the play right. and started heading back off the field. Now, the, okay. So the anniversary of that was this week, the anniversary of Roy Halladay's this week, the anniversary of Ben Davis bunting on Kurt Schilling. Uh, in oh, his no hit bid. That's this week as well. Okay. So this is a, a kind of a good week for it. Yeah. Um, and I guess the, the Ben Davis one leads into a couple of topics of discussion. We can, uh, we can get into the idea of bunting and whether that's a, a appropriate or not, but just good defensive plays uh, in no-hitters. Uh, it's something that we focus on. So um, I did like a cursory look yesterday kind of with you uh, as we were kind of discussing this on Facebook, and I found that the best defensive play in a no-hitter in the ones that we checked in the last 15 years or so is the Gregor Blanco catch uh, in Matt Cain's perfect game, which had, by our count, a 3% catch probability, a 3% wow. out probability, which is a remarkable play. Now, he had to run a long way into the right center field gap in a really big ballpark uh, to make the play. The way that our system works, it's kind of tricky to enumerate the value on a home run robbery, but certainly Dwayne Wise uh, yeah. is up there. The Mike Baxter play, endless Santana no-hitter. Um, 
again, a little tricky to enumerate uh, using our system, but the Blanco play for pure, just like go back and get it and save the, the bid is really amazing. Do you have a, a favorite or anecdote uh, about defense in uh, no hitters in perfect games that you particularly like? I like the wise, the Dwayne wise robbing the Gabe Kapler home run. Um, and it saved the perfecto uh, for Mark Burley against the Rays. Um, you know, he scaled the fence, uh, made the great catch, and then even juggled the ball to his bare hand on the way down as he rolled. So for theatrics, not that he was intending that, uh, I think that was a great, a great. So that's probably play. higher than three percent. That's probably a better one than, than a three. But that's at the very least. Yeah, I don't know how you enumerate that, but right. from a from a showbiz standpoint, that was fun to watch, uh, and it was so, uh, you know. We, there's so many ground balls plays that are well fielded. So Francisco Lariano's no hitter was saved by a great play by Danny Valencia. He was 10 feet beyond third base um, when he threw out Carlos Quentin. That was really special. Of course, Mike's ba- Mike Baxter's play for Santana, uh, it, it's not an impressive catch, but in order to run there, he had to run at high, such a high speed that he, of course, crashed into the wall and injured himself. So from a self-sacrifice standpoint, right. you know, I don't know if you get points for that. There should be for because uh, it put him out for a while. I want to go back to the Valencia play because I actually watched that yesterday. That was a very, like, if you compare it to something, if you haven't seen it, you can go on YouTube certainly and watch it. But if you compare it to anything, uh, Matt Chapman makes that kind of play uh, mm-hmm. frequently down the third base line where he goes into foul territory as he's fielding the ball. And then he's got a cannon uh, to make the throw across. And it was good to see someone else do it, like a, a, yeah. a Valencia uh, able to uh, make the play. Is there a no-hitter for which the defense maybe deserves the most credit? You know, Dallas Braden's no-hitter. Kevin Kuzman off the third baseman, and Braden is pretty much credited him, said he was all over the place. Um, and he did. He made some great stops at third. He ran into the dugout to catch a foul ball. Uh, I think he had six, uh, if I recall, maybe six assists or putouts in that game. I mean, just, you know, for, for one person contributing to the game, um, I think that was really special. Yeah, Kevin Kuzminoff uh, playing third base in that game for the A's. That's pre-Chapman. Uh, that's another one. We should, should probably link to all A's games uh, in the notes for the, the this episode uh, because they're worth uh, checking out. So just ballpark guess because you've read newspapers.com, the hundreds of articles. You've watched a lot of video. Um, what percentage of no-hitters that you watched or read about had at least one really good defensive play? As far as a good defensive play, I don't know, maybe 75%. I mean, something highlight-worthy, you know, something where we're going to show, you know, in that highlight reel of, you know, this this saved the game if it wasn't for this play. The really upper echelon ones, maybe, I don't know, 10% that have really, you could just say, this would not have been a no-hitter if this particular guy wasn't in the game, I think. So it's, it's not necessary. It, a good defensive play you're going to see in just about every game. Um, but as you're saying, like, it, it, we should – so I'm, what I'm getting from that, I guess, is that we should still be giving the pitcher a pretty good amount of credit for, for this thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you, know, you know, and there's some plays like, you know, that, that Robin Yount catch at the end of uh, Juan Nieves' no-hitter um, that – you know, that I see that catch, and it reminded me as a kid, we used to always make these diving plays playing catch to try to impress each other and make it look really dramatic. Um, 
I don't know if Yount needed to dive for that ball to save Nieves' no-hitter, but it sure made made a good clip. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but most of, most of the diving catches are, are that I see that, that save a game are truly efforts because the fielder wants to save that no-hitter for the pitcher. Okay, so how should we measure dominance in a no-hitter? Should we just use strikeouts? Is there something else we should take in, into account? You know, strikeouts are good. We have certain when you have a dominant strikeout, a dominant fastball pitcher that could just blow people away, I think that's indicative. You have somebody with such a nasty curve or slider that that you just can't they just can't recover from that. You have batters, you know, like at the uh um the Halliday game, um the perfecto, you have batters that are just locked up because he's just nailing the corners. So I think that works. I mean Game scores tell us that it's, you know, Scherzer's 17th strikeout game. That's yep. what, what I think it was 104, right? Yep. I, I put Koufax's perfect game against the Cubs ahead of that, even though it's a 101, because I, I think in the Scherzer game, it was, you know, three, four, and five were Michael Conforto, Michael Kadair, and Kelly Johnson. Um, I, I put Billy Williams, Von Santo, and Ernie Banks just a tad ahead of that trio. <laughs> right. And, the, the, the difference is that, so we, we, this is funny because we just wrote about the Scherzer game. I can write about the Scherzer game because I can see it. I didn't actually see the, the Koufax game. Right. And, and there was so much more in the line. You know, it was one hitter the other way. So, it, you know, uh, so, and, and, you know, Torborg, I talked to Jeff Torborg, the catcher, when I was doing the book, and he said, you know, Sandy was struggling with his curveball in warm-ups, and he barely threw it early in the game. It took him till, till the late innings to get his curve going. So he just relied on his fastball, you know, to get to that point. So to me, you know, there's intangibles in that that really stand out for me. And unlike Don Larson's perfect game, where you hear about the catch Mickey Mantle made or the play that the third baseman made with the Koufax perfect game, you never hear about the great defensive play. I don't, right. I don't think there were any, right? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's hard to tell just looking at retro sheet if the, right. the catch was great or not, you know. All right, so with all that in mind, going back to Larson, the, if you watch or follow Don Larson's perfect game, if you, it's been on MLB Network. The home plate umpire has a very wide plate. Babe Pinelli, it was his last game as, as a home plate umpire. And it, that just kind of got me to thinking about the role that an umpire plays in a no-hitter. And when you watch Halliday's perfect game, you see that play out completely because he's calling everything that's on the corners or maybe even just a little bit off. Do you have a take on that? Or are there interesting anecdotes uh, related to umpires and no-hitters or near-no-hitters or perfect games? Well, I mean, Armando Galarraga. Yes, oh, absolutely. That's the easy one. Would definitely say yes. I mean, a generous strike zone could definitely help a pitcher. Um, You know, Halliday, man, it's hard to say. If I wasn't, if I was a home pride umpire, it's hard not to punch out any of those. Those are just such beautiful pitches uh, in that game. I mean, Milk Pappas, uh, if you you think back, you know, Bruce Fremming cost him a perfect game with a call and the two, you know, argued back and forth for, for their entire lives over Right, that. now that was, a, that was a 3-2 pitch with two outs in the ninth, one out from a perfect game. Right, and, you know, Mel Pappas, you know, is thinking kind of, you know, well, that guy should not be taken. He should be swinging. The umpire should give him the call. Bruce Fremming said it wasn't a strike. Pappas said it would have made – 
Bruce Fremming famous and Bruce Fremming was like, it never, nobody makes the umpire famous. So they, they argued about it back and forth, but Milt did acknowledge that, you know, he's probably more famous for missing the perfect game than he would be. <laughs> He actually completed it so if if you're a pitcher though it's certainly like it behooves you to have the guy with the the big plate you would think especially or i guess maybe even to have the big plate when you weren't necessarily expecting the big plate because then if the hitter knows then they're going to be swinging but with demuro maybe they, they weren't necessarily as jumpy and they let some things go and that's why halliday was able to get all those called boy those pitchers were true pretty yeah good. Is there anything to catchers getting credit uh, and how much credit you would give a catcher for? I, uh, so. I mean, you look at somebody like, you know, Cy Young, he, you know, he had Lou Krieger and he had, you know, he did pitch one of his no hitters without Lou, but you know, those guys were, you know, the true battery, um, you know, that's going way back. Yes. Jason Baratek <laughs> and Carlos Ruiz, of course, both had four. Um, mm-hmm. Baratek had, four different pitchers. Ruiz had two of Halliday's and then a tandem and then Hamels. Um, you know, you look at Ruiz and, and to me, his catching on the, the final play of that game in, in the NLDS no hitter from Halliday. I mean, that was an amazing play here. You know, you're trying to complete a no hitter. You don't think you're going to have to field the ball. Probably you're not really expecting that to happen. Your goal is to call the right pitch. Uh, and he had, there's a little, you know, chopped ball in front of the plate and he had to avoid a bat kneel down and throw to first to complete that game to me that's like you talk about a catcher who just called called a no hitter having to end on that that that's impressive so one thing that i think is interesting about ruiz and just looking at our data and trying to integrate i realize sometimes it's a little silly to integrate the data into this but i think this is interesting he was not a good pitch framer at all um, nope. And that day, he happened to get calls that throughout the rest of his career, he absolutely did not get. Wow. Like it just goes to show you everything that goes into to getting a no-hitter. That like it, it really is kind of like a case of the stars. Boy, the stars t- totally yeah. have to align. You look at Tom Seaver's no-hitter. He only had three strikeouts in his no-hitter. It was not indicative of his best work which I think is great. You know, you know, the games he did great at, he lost his no hitter and he, he, you know, had a subpar game and got a no hitter. Were there any uh, patterns in terms of, you mentioned this kind of earlier, but in terms of who threw them? You know, I, I looked at 10 different statistical things and I took pitchers with a hundred games, hundred starts or more and looked at the top 25 in each category. The only thing that – there were only two things that had more than 10 out of 25, war and innings pitched. Everything else, uh, you know, average game score, eight hits per nine innings, eight, which you think hits per nine innings would be a good indicator, but only eight of the top 25 hit a no-hitter. You know, complete game, same, ERA plus, same. So – you see the same names on these lists. Guys like Clayton Kershaw are all over these lists, and he should be, you know, up there. But you see guys on these lists that, you know, like Roger Clemens and Pedro Martinez, who, you know, technically may, you know, should have had a perfect game, but the Expos couldn't score. Um, so you see indications of who might be the next one, but 
predicting is just so tough because, you know, then there's Sean Manea will get one. So, Well, I was going to say, if you were going to build a predictor, what would you put in it? You know, DeGrom should have one, um, <laughs> you know, and but he's a net, so I, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. You know, so you're going to have like a jinx factor. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's innings, it's quality, and then there's the jinx factor. Yes. Corey Kluber, <laughs> Zach Greinke should have had one. Um, uh-huh. Of all, where he is on all of these lists, um, Hyunjin Ryu might um, might get one. Um, you know, Chris Sale, if, if he could come back strong, could have. I mean, any of these guys really uh, could. But you, you know, and I know, uh, I believe you know, in the Bill James handbook, you told me that Garrett Cole is, is the one that's going to lead that category. And yep. yeah, clearly he's on this list all over the place, but and I don't know, you know, I, I would never try to guess that guy because a Homer barely will show up and shock us all, you know? And that's the great thing about baseball, right? Yes. So, so just to articulate on the no hit, there is a no hitter probability calculator in the Bill James handbook. Um, and Garrett Cole does lead. We try to give a percentage chance that he's going to throw one at some point the rest of his career. And the current percentage chance for Garrett Cole was really, really high. It was 62%. And I think that's a factor of the hits per nine innings for him, just being really good. What's really interesting, though, is that it's not Chris Sale or any of the other guys that you mentioned who's second on the list. Robbie Ray of the Arizona Diamondbacks ranks second in our no-hitter uh, prediction wow. tool at 32%. And I just thought, I thought that one was kind of outrageous because yeah. he's not someone that necessarily goes deep into games, but he's someone that fools a lot of guys. And I suppose if he got into a groove uh, that he would be left in. And if he had, he's the, they, I think the system that exists views him as the kind of guy that uh, if he started to have that good of a day, he could get to the finish line. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, and I might want to tinker with some some things. But uh, he's number two, uh, and then you get into the sales and some of the more dominant pitchers in the game. Mm-hmm. All right, so just to wrap this up, in the end, um, how much credit should we give to a pitcher for a no hitter? We say you know Nolan Ryan's got his seven, and and Koufax has his four, and uh, Verlander's a big deal because of the ones that he's had, uh, but. Uh, how much credit should we be giving to the pitcher overall? You know, no one remembers the offensive lineman on a great, you know, touchdown run, um, even if they opened the hole. Um, so, you know, from a fan's perspective, it's obvious we're going to credit the pitcher. Um, I think we should always keep the catcher in mind. I think we should always look at defensive at the defensive plays. You know, Halliday in the, the game you mentioned, um, you know, gave silver watches to all of the teams. So, you know, I, I, I think for, for the pitcher, they better, they better say thank you. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. Know, I don't think the, the pitchers have a problem with that. I just no. think from a fan's perspective that sometimes you forget about, about things like that. Absolutely. And I think we should always, you know, whenever we're doing that story, we should do a sidebar on the catcher and perhaps the play that saved the game, I think should always be kept in mind. But uh, you know, ultimately, you know, nobody's, uh, you know, nobody's writing about the catcher that caught one no hitter as as the highlight of their career. It's it, but the pitcher can 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 dominate in that. I think. All right, and where can people find your book? Um, it's on Amazon. Uh, Baseball's no hit wonders. Uh, it's out there, and uh, no no hitters dot com. Um, we keep everything up to date there. So, and Twitter as well. 
Yes. Yeah. A little less active on Twitter. Uh, but, uh, you know, when the baseball season picks up, I'm sure I'll, I'll get excited and, and tweet a lot more. All right. Dirk Lammers, thank you for taking the time to join us. Stay safe. Great. You too. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. And this wraps up the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. Thanks to Dirk Lammers for joining us and our producer, Justin Stein. I'm Mark Simon. Thanks for tuning in. Check out our new baseball book, The Fielding Bible, Volume 5. This book gives a comprehensive look at our new and improved defensive run save stat. It features essays on all 30 teams, research and studies on important topics, and stats and analysis you can't find anywhere else. That's Fielding Bible, Volume 5, available at actasports.com. That's A-C-T-A sports.com, or wherever you buy your books online. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS. 